0: that's really what this day is all about. It's, it's about life. I mean, we, we sing those powerful praises, we, we sing those, those words of hallelujah, but, but let's remember as that first Easter dawned, the hallelujahs hadn't come yet. The, the disciples were still cowering in fear. They were, they were exhausted. They're still trying to make sense of Jesus' death while the, while the women went to the tomb to finish preparing His body for burial, and, and that's when it happened. Something that shocked them, something that shook them, something, something that changed them. It's the very same thing that, that wants to change us too. Listen to the way the, the Gospel of Luke puts it this morning. Luke. Chapter 24, friends, hear the word of the Lord. Luke says, But on the first day of the week at early dawn, the women came to the tomb and taking the spices they had prepared. they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. And while they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. And the women were terrified and, and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here, but is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again? And then they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all this to the 11 and to all the rest. Niels, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they didn't believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb and stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and then he went home, amazed at what had happened. A new day was, a new day was breaking for them. Literally, a new day was breaking as those women stumbled to that that rocky tomb, and they were, they were heartbroken and hopeless and, and weighed down, weighed down with, with grief and with regret, and with, with all the things that they never got to say to Jesus. Weighed down with all the memories, the, the memories of His laughter, the, the memories of His love, and yet still they went. Still they went to, to do their duty, and, and maybe that's why some of us are here this morning, maybe. Maybe we're just here doing our duty. We're here because this is what folks are supposed to do on Easter. But like those women, maybe, maybe we don't really expect for anything miraculous to happen. But you see, that's the thing about expectations. Most of the time they're wrong. Most of the time our expectations are wrong either because they're, they're too big or like here, our expectations are wrong because they are infinitely too small. These women went to the tomb prepared to encounter death, but when they got there, what did they find? They found life. They were amazed. They were stunned by life. Why do you look for the living amongst the dead? The angel said, Jesus isn't here. He's alive. He is risen. Friends, those three words, those three words changed the world. And those women, those women couldn't not tell the good news, and so they raced back, they ran back to tell the others, they went back to tell the men, but to them, it, it seemed an idle tale, just, just empty words, just the, the empty dreamings of, of wishful women, and, and maybe some of us are thinking that this morning too, but Peter, those two words, but Peter, if it took three words to change the world, it only took two to change him. But Peter, Peter needed their tale to be true. Peter needed their hope to be real. When everyone else was, everyone else was was blind, they dismissed it, but Peter, Peter ran and he looked and he experienced the resurrection for himself. And that's still the invitation of Easter to experience the resurrection for, for ourselves, to, to know, to know from the inside that death has been defeated, to, to know from the inside that sin no longer reigns, to know God's love from the inside. I mean, in this world that wants to keep us down, Easter tells us to get up. Easter tells us to rise, better, stronger, healed redeemed, forgiven. Easter tells us that that Jesus is alive and because He lives, we can too. That's that's the present hope of the resurrection. You see, it's not just about our salvation in eternity. It's, It's about our salvation right now. It is the good news, it is the the glorious good news that there is no storm, there is no struggle, there is no fear, there is no failure, there is no diagnosis, no disease. There is no doubt that is too big for our God because like Him and and because of Him, we rise. In faith, we rise. In fact, um, do y'all remember this guy? Uh, do y'all remember this guy named Emmett Smith? Mm-hmm. About to, anyone? Pastor John? Pastor John? I reckon you did. Uh, uh, Emmett Smith, back in, in 2002, Emmett Smith set the, the all-time rushing record for the NFL. He set the record with 16,743 yards. It is a record that he still has. Um, but the thing about Emmett was, if you remember, Emmett, Emmett wasn't as flashy as, as, as some of his competitors. And Emmett never had that true breakaway speed. Emmett's thing, the thing that really set him his strength, Emmett just had this ability to persist. He just kept on running. I mean, and think about it. Those 16,000 yards, right? that's, on, that's only nine and a half miles if you do them. It took him 13 years to run nine and a half miles. Some of us run nine and a half—better, some of y'all run nine and a half miles in less than a week. It took him 13 years, and I, I realize the biggest difference there is we don't have 11 huge defensive guys trying to knock our head off as we're running, but, but it took him 13 years to run nine and a half miles, because he did it 4.3 yards at a time. That means throughout his career, throughout those 13 years he got knocked down, he got tackled over 4,000 times, but you know what he did after each and every one of those tackles? He got back up. He got back up and he ran that ball again. See, truth be told, even the best of us are going to get knocked down, but what sets us us apart from everybody else is the fact that we get back up. This life, this world, it's going to trip us up. It's going to tackle us. It's going to tempt tempt us in all sorts of different ways. It's going to tempt us to quit. It's going to tempt us to to quit trying, to quit hoping, to, to quit praying, to quit believing, and if that's us this morning, if we are on the verge of throwing in the towel, please hear me say, hear Easter say, keep going. Hear Easter say, God is not through with you yet. Rise up, get up. Easter tells us to get up because there isn't anything, not sin, not even death, can keep us down because our faith is a faith of up. Yeah, it's about cleaning up, cleaning up our act. But it's also about waking up and growing up and toughening up. It's it's about showing up and standing up and speaking up. Our faith is about up. It's about rising up, rising up from the ashes, rising up from, from our brokenness and our sin and our shame. It's about the new life we find in dead ends. It's about our Savior who's alive and He wants to be alive in us.
1: God, thank you for that word. And I really want us to think about it, because before we can get up, before we can rise up, we first have to bow down. Did you notice in the Scripture? Those women were hurried to the tomb early at sunrise, because remember, Jesus had been buried quickly right before sundown on the Sabbath. And so He wasn't properly prepared for burial, and so they got up early to go and finish the job, and they arise and they see this scene, the stone was rolled away and the grave was empty, and they're mystified, they're terrified, they're perplexed, they don't know what's going on, and what do they do? Verse 5 said, they bowed their faces to the ground, and when they bowed, it's when they heard the message that he was alive. And then what did they do? They ran back and told the others, and most of the disciples thought it was an idle tale, they didn't believe. But Peter, what did he do? He sprinted to the tomb, and when he arrived, he stooped down and looked in and saw the linen cloths, and he believed." I think there's a lesson there from those women and from Peter. If we're going to receive the good news of resurrection and know because He lives everything is different, we need to bow down. We need to stoop down to receive the good news. Morton Kelsey, several years ago, wrote a wonderful little book called Resurrection. And I love what he wrote in his book. He said, when we have all that we need, when we're in power and in health, when we're admired and when we're happy, we have a tendency to think we attained that position by our own efforts and that we are not vulnerable to evil. When we have no God, we often believe that we are gods. It's impossible to be God and have a saving God at the same time. What's he saying? To live a life of faith? You have to bow down. You have to stoop down. We have to lay aside our pride and our ego and our agendas if the message of resurrection is going to happen in us. But because he lives, it can happen. So I want us to think about when Easter becomes real to us, two things happens I want us to see. It changes how we live now. We have a different worldview. We see the world through different eyes. We know that the purpose of life is not death. What does Easter tell us? The purpose of life is life. For Christians, there is no death, triumphant life that goes beyond the grave. That's why I think, and I want to submit to us, that celebrating Easter is the greatest thing that Christians have to give to the world because in the Easter spirit, it changes us and we are different. The Easter spirit gives us a new mission and it gives us a new purpose and it gives us a new hope that does not quit in times of trial and struggle. In fact, our co-worship and music director, Shawna Fuller, has just a bushel full of darling grandchildren. That she just has the cutest grandchildren. But I saw a video of her grandson, Henry. Henry is in kindergarten. Henry, his family moved to Mississippi last year, and they discovered in the school something they had not encountered before. In their public schools, they teach manners. And so Henry has been learning manners all year long as part of the curriculum. And a few weeks ago, they had their spring tea. And let's see Henry as he practices being a gentleman at the school's spring tea. Let's watch. Notice he's pulling out the chair for the young lady, as he has been taught to do, and he wants to help her get back in place. Okay, I love his spirit. He is not quitting. He is not giving up. He is determined to finish the job that he started. Isn't that great? I love that because that's a parable of life. (laughs) Things don't always turn out the way we expect. Uh, We have tests, we have trials, we have struggles, Todd, as you you said. The chairs don't always move the way we want them to. But in those moments, we need to remember, because He lives, we have a different spirit, we have a different attitude, we have a different hope in which we tackle our problems. Because He lives, resurrection happens, miracles happen, Jesus happens. And then secondly, when Easter lives in us, it changes how we see the future. We know that this world is not all that there is. Always our eyes are on the future, our eyes are on the prize, our eyes sing the beautiful music that we have sung this day. I love the story about a doctor, lived in a little country town, lived in the town that he was raised in, and one of his favorite people, one of his heroes was coming in to see him that day. She had been his Sunday school teacher when he was in elementary school. She was now in her mid-90s, a widow. <clears throat> she, excuse me. She had the most bubbly, wonderful personality, and she loved to share Christ with anyone to talk about her faith. And so she came in to see him, and the doctor was upset because he had bad news to deliver. And so she came into the waiting room, came into his, the, the little office, and she could see it on his face. And she said, what's the matter? Why are you so sad? Have you been reading your Bible? Have you been praying? She was always a Sunday school teacher encouraging him. And he said, um, I've, I've got some bad news for you. We got the lab test back and They say, it's cancer, and you don't have very long to live. As soon as he shared that, she sat up straight in the chair, and with a twinkle in her eye, she looked at her former student, her doctor, and said, shame on you. She said, God doesn't make any mistakes. Think about what you just told me. You just told me I'm going to go see my Lord Jesus face to face. You just told me that I am fixing to go see my husband. And by loved ones and by friends that have gone before, you just told me that I'm going to celebrate Easter every day, and here you are having a hard time giving me my ticket. (laughs) Shame on you. I love her spirit, and I wonder, is that ours? Has Easter and the certainty of the resurrection become the truth on which we build our lives as we keep our eyes on the future, we need to know that death does not have the last word. We don't need to be trapped in a tomb of doubt and fear. We don't need to be trapped in a tomb of heartache and loneliness, because what does our faith tell us? If we put our trust in Jesus, we're going to live forever with Him. He said, where I go, I will come back and take you to myself, so that where I am, you may be also. My friends, that's the good news of this day. We keep our eyes always on heaven. This tomb does not have the last word. And we hear that message, and we know the message, and we know the story, and we've talked about it, we've thought about it. The question is, have we owned it? Has it become our capital T truth that changes us from the inside out? Do we get up because he lives? And my friends, if it hasn't happened for us yet, it could happen today. It could happen today. All we need to do is bow down. If we will bow down and open our hearts and open our hands and we will pray, Lord, I lay aside my pride, I lay aside my ego and my control, Lord, live in me. Let resurrection power be born in me. And if we will open our lives before him, he will come and he will change us from the inside out and we will live with this Easter spirit that changes everything, not only about life now, but the life to come. And we will live in the words of Charles Wesley that we sang in our opening hymn, remember how he put it, made like him, like him we rise, ours the cross, the grave, the skies. Would you pray with me? Oh Lord, we pray that the story and the music of this day that moves us will become our capital T truth. Lord, live in us and touch us with your Spirit so that everything will be different now, but that we will live forever with heaven on our minds and on our hearts. Lord, we pray that you come to us and let the joy of this day infect us with resurrection and with hope. Lord, help us know that there is no grave that can hold our bodies down. Give us that hope, that spirit, that confidence as we live as Easter people this day and every day. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us.
0: Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.